and probably the, the physical things, such as health. We prayed for Heidi's foot to get better. We prayed, we're praying for Kathy that her knee uh, feels better tomorrow. We could be praying for success. And we pray that uh, a kid who's at school passes their test. We're at work, we're, we're trying to figure out some difficult problem. We're praying that God helps us to, to figure that out. Or we're praying for safety. We pray for kids like Daisy to get home safely from college. Uh, we're praying for those family holidays uh, traveling that's going on this next week or two. We, we pray for things like that. But what we're finding today is that when Paul's praying, he's not focusing on that physical aspect of praying. Paul is praying for the spiritual side of things. We've already seen that Paul has prayed for the Ephesians in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 16. He says, I have not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. You guys remember I said, pray for me, and I'm on the bus praying for you. Right? Paul's already addressed this idea that he's praying for the people, but he's coming back to it again with his second prayer that we're going to be looking at today. Now, Paul. He starts out in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 13. He says, I ask you, therefore, not to be discouraged because of my sorrows for you, which are for your glory. Verse 14. For this reason, I kneel before the Father. Paul is praying. And now, know the Jewish people, when they pray, you go like this. The Lord goes to write, right? This is, this is more my stance of when I pray. Paul's getting on his knees. He's getting as low as he can in a prostrate position, praying to the Father. And he's, he's praying to the Father from whom the whole family of earth derives his name. Everybody who comes, who becomes a part of God's family, does the same way. And Paul's praying, and he's praying to the God of the people who, from the ages past, put their faith in God. He's talking about the people of that day who are putting their faith in Jesus for salvation. And he's praying uh, to the God of those of us today who are putting their faith in Jesus for salvation. And he says, for this reason, I know for the Father. Now, I've already said one time what this reason is. And if you didn't catch it, I would encourage you to look real quickly with me at verse 13. He says, I ask you, therefore, not to be discouraged because of my suffering for you, which are for your glory. The reason Paul's praying for them is because they have heard about his suffering, and he's concerned how they're going to respond to that. Because Paul really has been put in jail for the sake of the Gentiles. Uh, we, we looked at this last week in Acts chapter 22, we talked about it. Uh, Paul was, uh, the Jews were trying to put him in prison. They wanted to kill him because they thought that he was brought somebody into the temple. They're, they're, they're all mixed up on what they think. And Paul's trying to explain to them, this are, these are the facts. This is what happened. This is what Jesus told me. Until he got to the point where he says, Go, I will send you far away to the Gentiles, they were listening. Verse 22 says that when he said that, they, they shouted, Rid the earth of him, that he is not fit to live. They are trying to kill Paul because he wants to go proclaim something good to the Gentiles. So Paul is literally in prison because of the Gentiles. Now, if you're thinking about the Gentiles who are reading this letter that Paul has written, you might, you might put yourself in the shoes and say, they, they could be doing bad. You know, Paul just told us you're in prison. I feel bad. Right? That's why Paul is writing. He doesn't want us to feel bad about this. But there's, 
Another possibility, uh, we have, it shows up better in the King James Version, so if you have that version, you get this, you start to learn that Paul doesn't want these people to be shy about their faith. In the King James Version, it says, I desire that you faint not at my tribulations for you. The word faint, when do you faint? Typically, I mean, some people faint when they're hungry, but sometimes, majority of the time, you faint when you are scared. Right? You are overwhelmed by fear. You just, that's it. I'm done. I, I can't handle this. The body shuts off. Uh, but the word faith literally means to turn out a coward or to lose one's courage. Paul is afraid that these Ephesian believers are hearing about what he's going through in prison and they're going to say, I don't want really any part of this. I'm not, I don't want to have the courage. I don't, I don't want to be taken away from my family. I don't want to be put in prison and, and hope that things work out. And so Paul is concerned that based off of his experiences, that all the rest of them are going to say, no thank you, I don't want to do with that. And so Paul prays two things. You can divide it up into three or four or five, but I'm just going to break it down into two things. The first thing that Paul prays is that they will be strengthened by the Holy Spirit. Let me read it for you. You can follow along on the behind me. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his Spirit, in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. Let's pray. Dear God, I, do, I thank you for your word. I thank you, God, for your Holy Spirit that wants to work on our inner man, that you make us strong in the faith so that we live it out in our daily lives. God, I pray for the ability to do that. Again, God, I just pray that I would say only your word and what you want me to say, and it would stick with us throughout the rest of our lives, God, because we need this more than just today and more than this week. And I pray this in Jesus' name. So once again, Paul is praying that you will be strengthened in your inner man by the Holy Spirit. Now I, you may look at me and say, I'm a big fan of uh, exercise. Look at this physique, right? You say, this is the guy who just loves exercise. Thankfully, I have a metabolism. And I'll, I'll go, I'll spend all day walking. I don't care what the weather's doing, if it's cold, if it's rainy, if it's hot. I will spend all day walking. But do you want to catch me running? Which I know Scott did one time. Last summer, because no one wanted to go running. I did it one time. We had the airplanes on, I think I'm going about one or two miles an hour. Just as fast as if I was walking. But you're not going to catch me exercising. You know, when I was a kid, I was a high school kid, I, I believe it or not, I could bench press 200 pounds. Can you guys just have it? Any of you? 200 pounds? Guess what I look like? I look like this. My goal wasn't to be stronger. My goal was to look stronger. It didn't happen, so I, I said goodbye. All right. Um, I don't like to exercise. So if I if I start feeling punchy, I just eat less. Right. That's that's my thought. I'm exercising because I don't like that. But typically, if you want to to get shape, you can lift the weights and get stronger. You can run on a treadmill or go for a walk and do something about your physical condition. But about what Paul's praying for, he's not, he's praying for something that you can't do on your own. You can't just muster up this inner strength under, to, to be strengthened in your inner man. You can't just decide, I'm going to do it today. I'm going to get out there and try one more time to be strong in my inner man. This is something that only the Holy Spirit can do in you. And so Paul is praying for these people that they would be strengthened with their power through the Holy Spirit in their inner man. Obviously, you know the physical, right? This 
basically you can see, you can, you can touch, you can kiss if you want one. Like you, you've got this physical side of things, but there's this inner man that you can't, the doctors can't work on it. You can't take a medicine in order to help it. It's God who is the Holy Spirit who's working in you. And that's what Paul is praying about. It refers to your soul, to your mind, to your conscience, to your will. The inner you is what Paul's praying that the Holy Spirit works on because he's the one who can get inside and make it work out. Now think about Paul's writing to the Ephesian believers. And he's and think about Paul's in prison. You know, he's he's chained night and day to a guard who thankfully every six hours gets us to go home. But Paul stuck there every single day after his wrists are getting sore from being chained to this guy. I'm sure he would like to leave and go home, but he can't. But Paul's thinking about as he's writing this, he's, he's picturing, I have physical problems. I have, I have spiritual issues. And you think about uh, the physical body. If you're if you're put in prison right now for your faith, physically your body's going to break down. Right at some point, your body is not going to be able to endure. It's going to be defeated. Uh, you're you're going to have broken bones. You can you can get your back out of whack. You're eventually, eventually going to die. Your physical body cannot maintain life forever. But your spiritual body can remain undefeated. And when it comes, when you're facing those persecutions, your, your physical, your, your uh, spiritual body can maintain victory. And Paul is talking about this, and Paul knows this by experience. He knows that you can't just will yourself to, I'm going to endure this persecution, and, and I'm going to make sure that I have the will and the determination to do the right thing all the time. You can't will that out of yourself. The Spirit can. Paul knows this. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 16, he says, Therefore, we do not lose heart, though outwardly we are wasting away. I'm getting older. I'm getting weaker. I'm, my body is falling apart and slowing down. It's just that natural physical part. But when Paul uh, writes this, if you look before and after, you find that, yes, my physical body is not surviving, but my spiritual inner man can. And uh, 2 Corinthians 4, verse 18 9 says, you are hard pressed on every side. Typically, I mean, your body's going to be like hard pressed and not going to survive. But we're not crushed. That inner man is not crushed. We're perplexed, but we're not despaired. That inner man is strong. We're persecuted, but we're not abandoned. We're struck down, but we're not destroyed. Why? It's the Holy Spirit working in Paul's life to make that happen. And he has this thought from the Holy Spirit that for our life and momentary troubles, are achieving for us an eternal glory that are always small. The Holy Spirit is helping Paul to be strong, to endure all these persecutions, and Paul is praying that same thing for these Ephesian believers. Yes, your physical body is going to break down. Your internal man is not going to make it unless the Holy Spirit helps you. So he's praying that the Holy Spirit would help him. And what is, what is, I want you to look here. If you have your Bible, I want you to look at verse 16. And I want you to see what does Paul suggest that the Holy Spirit help them do? Okay? I'm, I'm praying to the Holy Spirit. I want you to see what does Paul say the Holy Spirit help them in these situations? He says, I pray that out of his glorious riches he may strengthen you with power through his Spirit in your inner man. Paul doesn't suggest anything. He, he doesn't say, you know what, God, the Holy Spirit, they're going to have persecution come, so keep them strong. He doesn't say they're going to have temptation that's going to make them want to run away 
So keep him strong. He's leading it up to the Holy Spirit, which is, is we're going to come back to that in a few minutes, but it's a very simple thing to pray. The Holy Spirit knows what's coming. Right? The Holy Spirit is God. He's going to be able to better determine what you need in your life than what Paul's going to know. And so he just prays. Holy Spirit, you know what it is. You take care of it. And the Holy Spirit is completely capable of doing this. Because once you get saved, the Holy Spirit is living inside of you. Wherever you go, the Holy Spirit goes too. He's there at, uh, as a guarantee that you are going to have eternal life. And so wherever you go, he's there. He knows what you're thinking. He knows what you're doing. He knows exactly what you need to hear in order to help you survive that persecution or that temptation or that struggle that you're dealing with. The Holy Spirit actually prays on your behalf. Uh, in Romans 8.26, it says, In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groans that words cannot express. He's praying. He's interceding on your behalf. Now, if you're following along, I want you to go and look at verse 18. He says, I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed. The Holy Spirit is praying. He's interceding on your behalf. And it involves the sufferings that you are experiencing. So Paul is praying that the Holy Spirit helps because he's there. He's completely capable to do and to pray for and to help you be strengthened in your inner man. And the proof that the Holy Spirit is working in your life is found in Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 and 23. Uh, any one of kids willing to come up here and sing the fruit of the Spirit? No one? Please help. What's that? Please help. No, please no. <laughs> You've got to see it. At least once, I think we've done it in a, uh, the water program, but the fruit of the Spirit is not a coconut. It's not a, it's not a grape where they get all clustered together. It's this. If you're walking in step with the Spirit, you are going to have love. You are going to have joy. That's not stuff you just conjure up on yourself and say, man, I'm just going to love this person. I'm just going to have joy in persecution. I'm going to have peace when all the world's falling apart. You can't just muster that up in yourself. That's the Holy Spirit in you. You're not going to be able to have patience unless you're walking with the Spirit. Or kindness, or goodness, or faithfulness, or gentleness, or self-control. The Holy Spirit is going to be living through you because He's inside of you. And, and Paul's praying the Holy Spirit helps you to be strong in that inner man. So connected with this prayer that they be strengthened by the Holy Spirit is that Christ would dwell in their hearts by faith. Now Paul, when he's writing these words, he's not talking to unsaved people. We've already de determined throughout this book that Paul is talking to the saved people. So it gets a little confusing when you say that Christ will stay in your heart. Uh, let, me, let me read that. But it says that, uh, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. We already have faith. I have Christ in my Savior. What are you talking about? Well, Paul's not talking to unsaved people because uh, in Ephesians chapter 1, he says to the saints in Ephesus, uh, James Vernon McGee says, A saint is set aside for the sole use of God, that which belongs to God. It's already part of his family. And in Ephesians chapter 1, verses 3 through 14, he talks about the heavenly blessings that we have in Christ, that he chose us before the creation of the world. He predestined us to be adopted as his sons through Jesus Christ. So he's already mentioning this is what you have. Uh, last week, 
Uh, we talked about the mystery that Jews and Gentiles together through faith are part of God's family. So he's not talking to, at least as he's writing this specifically to non-believers, he's writing to believers. So what he's talking about, this idea of the hope of Christ dwelling in your hearts, is that he would live his life through you. Uh, the word dwell means a permanent resident to settle down or to feel at home. You know, Jesus didn't come into as a, a rental. He didn't come to stay for a while and then move on when he found something better. The Holy Spirit is living inside of you, and we want Christ to feel at home inside of you and, and make this body his own. And such as the verses that um, you see in Philippians 1.21, For to me to live is Christ and to die is gain. That Jesus would live his life through me. That's what he's talking about dwelling as, as when Christ belongs in your hearts. I have been crucified with Christ. I no longer live. Josh no longer calls the shots. Who was supposed to be calling the shots in Josh's life? Christ. Yes, Christ did. That I, I would love to say that's always true. It's not. Ask my wife. It is not true. I wish it was. But that's, I want Christ to feel at home in my body. I'm staying here. I'm going to do whatever I need to do in Josh's life to accomplish my will. That's why Jesus wants. That's what we should, that's what Paul is praying, that Christ will live at home in your body, that he can live his life through you, doing whatever it is that he needs necessary at that time. Paul's praying that Jesus permeates every part of your body. Everything that you say, everything that you think, everything that you do is somehow expressing Jesus. You guys have all heard this clever little saying somebody came up with. Garbage in, garbage out. Right? I'm here to change that and say Jesus in, Jesus out. The Bible says, out of the overflow of the mouth, the heart speaks. Right? Out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. Right? It's whatever is coming, whatever I put into my life is what is going to come out. And I'm, I need to put Jesus in my life and let Jesus come out. <clears throat> so when we pray for each other, which Hopefully you do. But I hope that you're praying for our prayer family that we are still waiting to get <laughs> to be that example. Uh, you know, we, we pray for the physical things because that's what we can see. Right? I see Steve. I can touch Steve. I can I can just I can shake his hand, I can give him a hug, whatever, because physically. So I think about the physical things. Uh, you know, if somebody has a family sickness. I, I can tell they're sick. You think about people who are traveling on the roads. We want the physical them to get physically sick. Uh, we think about the moisture. We physically need that. Pray for those things. Great, and do it more and more as you have opportunity. But we need to be praying for what God sees. Man looks at the outer appearance. We can't help it. God looks at what's on the inside, and this is what we need to make sure that we have to change of focus in our prayer. And that, that what we're praying for is that the Holy Spirit would work in the inner man. Now, we don't know what areas of life people need help in. You know, um, some people need extra prayer for facing temptations. Some people, when they go through their daily life, they deal with rude people. Uh, it might be a rude neighbor. Some, somebody's going to have to be dealing with persecution. And they, we don't know. But that's the beauty of it. We don't have to know. I don't have to know 
what Kathy's going to go through this week in order to pray for Kathy. All I have to do is to do is pray a simple prayer as this. What Paul prayed. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you, Kathy, with his power and his uh, through his spirit in your inner being. And I want to make even Kathy our guinea pigs for this. Because this is the first time we are collectively looking at this passage and say we're going to pray something for for them. We're going to pray for their spiritual, for their physical needs. Her name feels better, safety and travel, but also pray that God would strengthen through his through the spirit. Strengthen with his power through his spirit their inner being, that they would be able to overcome temptation. That they would because God knows what's going to come down the road. We don't know. We don't have to know. We don't specifically state anything. All we've got to do is pray for their inner being to be strengthened by the Holy Spirit. He knows what's coming. So, I'm going to be praying specifically that for you, and then hopefully the following week, uh, whoever's next on the prayer family week, you can know that that's going to be up on your uh, you praying for that for you as well. So, Paul prays for the strengthening of their inner man uh, by the Holy Spirit. Second part of the prayer that we can also be praying for evil Kathy or for anybody else is that they would be able to comprehend the love of Christ. It says, I keep, verse 17, I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may witness it. And that is Ephesians 1. How about we try this again? And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the saints to grasp how wide, how long, how high, how deep is the love of Christ, and to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. How do you comprehend something that you really can't comprehend? I mean, can we ever get to the point where we fully comprehend the love of God? We can't. But Paul is praying, I want you to grow in this. I want you to understand and comprehend more and more every day. He says that you are rooted uh, in love. You know, rooted means to render firm, to, to remain fixed. You know, picture a tree that's planted in the ground. Is that tree planting on leaking ever? No. It's planning to stay there. It's planning to just go deeper and deeper in its roots and to grow taller and taller with its branches and leaves there through, whatever that is supposed to bring from that plant, that's what that tree is doing. He says, you guys have your roots in the right place. You guys are rooted in Jesus and in his love. And he says that you are grounded, you are established as in a building on a foundation. Your roots are in the right place, you're building on the right foundation, which is Jesus Christ and his love. And he's praying that you comprehend this more and more every day. Uh, Something that I came across in a commentary about the, the depth of God's love and the breadth and the length. He says the love of God is wide enough to embrace the world. Do you understand that? The love of God is so wide that it can embrace everybody. We, we can say in a sense that's what love does, but do you understand? Do you get it? A love that is long enough to last forever. A love that is high enough to take sinners to heaven. A love that is deep enough to reach the lowest sinner. That, that, they are not going to understand that kind of love. Just like I don't understand that kind of love. But Paul wants to pray that they understand, they comprehend more and more what that love is each day. Now Paul 
has, has talked about the love of God in this passage already, or this uh, the book of Ephesians. I've already mentioned it once, uh, the, the blessings that we have in Christ, where he chose us in him before the creation of the world. Just stop, if you were to just wrap your mind about, about around that for just a couple of minutes, would you fully understand that he that he chose you before the creation of the world? What, what do you call that? You call that love, but I don't even say, I don't get it. I mean, I understand the word love, like from a parent to a kid, love, or a love that you risk your life for somebody who's who's in a terrible situation, but the fact that you would do that, that you choose people before the creation of the world, I don't understand that, and these people don't understand that. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, it says, or verses 8 and 9, it says, For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not from yourselves, it is the gift of God, not by works so that no one can boast. Do you understand that kind of love? That you're just going to make it free and easy? That Jesus had to go to the cross and take your punishment for you? Do you understand that kind of love? I don't understand that kind of love. I'm not that I can totally see it from the, the point of like, okay, I want you in heaven, but it's going to cost you, right? You can spend the next 10,000 years paying off this debt. I can see that. But when I think about just my life and none of y'all, I look and say, I don't know. I just don't understand how you can have that kind of love for me, let alone for anybody who's willing. Did you just give them a free gift? Because they can't get it on their own. I can, I can picture it, but I really don't think I understand it. And I don't think you really do either. Maybe you do, I don't know. But Paul is praying that they would comprehend it, that kind of love. And so I would say, for Emo Catholic this week, specifically, you pray that they would comprehend the love of God. But also pray that for kids. I pray that they get to, they pass a test at school. I pray that no one gets to work safely. They're back in the storm. But I need to be praying that he would comprehend the love of God as well. Now, if you think about this, Paul is writing to, to, to believers in Ephesus. He's concerned that he's, because of what he's gone through, they're going to kind of bow out of the fight. They're going to not have the faith to keep going before persecution comes. And when he's talking about, I want, I'm praying God that they would understand the love of God a little bit better. You know, I think the real part of the reason is, is if you, they would be able, if they understood God's love a little bit more, they would endure the persecution better. Because they would say, I know what's coming after this. I know what Jesus did for me. I can go through anything for him. So he's praying, I want them to have the courage to live out their faith, but I want them to understand the love of God in order to aid that and helping them to, to take that stand for the Lord and, and to live out that faith when all hell is breaking loose around them. So I say, pray that for each other. Pray that for the missionaries. Right? We pray that they, they get the, the funds. We pray that people get saved. We pray that they have a good Christmas. But they need this just as much as we need. As much as other people do. They need that to understand or comprehend the love of God better. And this is just, there's just a couple examples in here about the love of God. When we, when we look at, uh, when we look at a couple weeks ago, the benefits of having a relationship with God. You know, in Psalms 103, I look at this list and say, I don't, I don't get it. I don't know the song with that. Psalms 103. Uh, who forgives all your sins. Do you understand that kind of love? I mean, it's, it's easy when someone says they screwed up one time and they say, I'm sorry, it's, it's pretty easy to say, I forgive you. 
But what about when it's the 17th time they're doing that? Do you, do you understand how love is in life if you do it 18 times? <laughs> it's like Okay. But we we don't understand that love. I, I don't know, 77 times. I mean, I, I've sinned more than once. And God says He's going to forgive all your sins. Who's willing to give uh, you who doesn't want diseases? Yeah, you can look and say, I pity on Josh. But over and over, it issues that I cause up with myself. And that's my favorite way to get an injury. I usually don't get sick. I mean, I didn't have a gall water. I really couldn't control that except for my diet, maybe. Usually, I like have stitches all over my body and just stuff. I don't want MS. That's boring. I want stitches. A chainsaw. That bleed, right? I want it to be the exciting thing. And God's going to forgive my stupidity and heal my, my body. You know, just as far as the east is from the west. Do you understand that love? No. But this is what I'm asking. I'm going to be praying for you as well. That you understand better the love of God. So Paul, and Paul concludes this message with God being able to do more than we ask for imagine. That means that the Holy, the Holy Spirit working on your inner man can be more than what you're praying for. I'm going to pray this for Darren, but God can do way more Darren's life than what I can even imagine God can do. So I'm just going to pray, Holy Spirit, do what the work of Darren's life that he needs. Do the same thing for me. Uh, they pray for you to sit down with your outer man. God can help you do that more than I can even dream or imagine. And that you would understand, comprehend the love of God. He, he can do so much more than all you can ask, all more than I can ask or imagine. You can understand the love of God. So, you're going to pray for people this week, right? Yes. You're going to be praying that they get to work safely. You're going to be praying that there's a bus driver for me, right? You're going to be praying that people travel safely, right? You'll be praying all sorts of physical things for people. But I just want to encourage you to pray that the Holy Spirit would strengthen the inner man of something. Because that's not something you can do yourself. The Holy Spirit does that. And pray that uh, those people that you're praying for would comprehend the love of Christ just by the living waters.